Welcome to the weekend show where we at Money with Friends look back at the highlights of the week that was, get you ready for the week to come, plus our listener segment where we talk about, well, whatever you guys want us to talk about. It is Saturday, December 5th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half finished basement in Texarkana, Texas, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. Here on Money with Friends, every weekday we share the latest headlines, why they matter, and specific ideas and advice for your financial life. And on the weekends, we share highlights, preview the week ahead, and of course, talk about your listener questions and comments. Bobby, does it feel like a long week because we had such a short week last week? Like the fact that we had to work five days in a row this week was exhausting. You worked five days? <laughs> oh, you mean, <laughs> you mean I had a short week? You week, you work seven, right? No. Yeah. Well, actually I was going the other way. I was saying that because I manage my own schedule, yeah. I do batch things together. So I sometimes do take days off I would, or have less productive days. I, I've had a lot of procrastination issues as our Instagram friends know. I so. need to be more like you. I, I definitely need that. We I'm had sure about that. We had a great week last week, though, however, which we're going to review our first week back after the Thanksgiving holiday in the U.S. And uh, man, we got a great week on tap. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us get this discussion started. Hey, this is Chris from Popcorn Finance. We'll supply the coffee. They'll supply the headlines. That's why I listen to Money with Friends. All right, let's take a look at next week in the calendar as I pull it up. On Monday, uh, well, actually, what am I doing? I'm starting off with next week. Are we just a review? Let's talk about last week. Yeah, you had a big show on Monday because you had um, Masterworks. You were talking, this is interesting, actually. You talked about museums are actually selling art, which is something that was not done. right before this phase of our, this season of our lives. Scott Lynn from Masterworks, who this is the second time I've spoken with Scott, is just such a brilliant guy. And if you missed Monday's show, it's, it's, if you like art at all, it's fantastic to listen to for two reasons. Number one, the idea that uh, museums, because of COVID, are allowed to sell uh, artwork. And generally they don't, right? People gift artwork to museums. But the bad news is, is Scott more succinctly explained than I ever could could that uh, if you've got a, a master um, artist and they have representative works of art, they'll put maybe their one or two works of art out and the rest of them just sit in storage. So nobody ever gets to see them. So because of COVID mm-hmm. and museums not being able to charge any admission, they're also not being thought of as much. So people aren't making as many donations. They're being allowed during this short period to sell art. And that's really changed the art community. And uh, then he explained, of course, we had to take advantage of the fact that he's you know, with masterworks and talk about art is an investment and where does it fit and how is it different than the stock market? So that was on Monday, uh, Tuesday though, you rolled into some real fun this week with uh, Grant Sabatier. Actually, I'm, I got to yeah. take back the word fun. Well, you Grant guys, is fun, but we, you Grant guys talked fun, about Tuesday's topic was not fun. You guys talked about heavy, we lost, heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we lost a great, great, um, leader, in Tony Shea, um, best known for his work with Zappos. And, um, he passed away, um, 
at age 46, it was, you know, I believe they later came out with the, the cause of death was smoke inhalation related to a fire at a relative's house. Um, so it was really a tragic loss, but we were able to at least, you know, celebrate his life a little bit and talk about the lessons that he, you know, had a lot of people would visit Zappos and want to hear how he created this unique corporate culture that was so successful that even when he sold to Amazon, they were kept as a separate entity, which is unheard of. And, uh, you know, Grant had read his book, um, Delivering Happiness. So I love Grant it. talked about that. And I think that's something people should definitely, if they can, if they have time to rewind and go to that episode, I think Grant had a lot to add um, to the conversation about Tony Shea. He, he knows a lot about him. And that was a great discussion. Well, based on Grant's past, I mean, what Grant's done, um, he's definitely somebody who knows a lot about uh, how delivering happiness can also deliver success uh, for you. And if you're at all interested in the world of work, I was way behind Bobby on reading Delivering Happiness. And when I did, which was maybe not that long ago, a couple of years ago, it, it, it bowled me over. It was just a, it was a fantastic read. So I would, I'd recommend to Everybody go out yeah. and read Delivering Happiness. I haven't read it, but now it's on my next, my new, well, it's on my next holiday list. I mean, I did put out a financial grown-up holiday reading list, so it's not on that, but I will put it on my list for soon after the holidays. Well, I'll tell you what I did. That. I actually didn't read it. I took it out on my runs and um, I found it made me go run more often because I got excited about listening to the book more. So I, oh. during the time that I, that I had that, so I did the audible version and what's going to be mm. a little creepy now um, is that Tony reads it, but you can also hear the, mm. and he tells some stories that, that uh, some appear in the book and some, he kind of riffs a little bit and talks a little bit more about what's, you know, what's going on. That's outside that's the book. So, cool. so yeah. The, yeah. So the audio, the audio version for me was really that. good. Yeah. It was good stuff. I like that. And that probably works for podcast listeners too, because they like to listen to things. Um, yeah. And so Wednesday we actually talked about another smart person um, who a lot of people look up to, and that was Jeremy Siegel. Um, you may know him as the Wharton professor. Um, he's often credited for calling the Dow to reach 20,000 back in 2015. 15. I don't love those things because I mean, I think it's inevitable in theory that the Dow reaches all of these different milestones, but nevertheless, he's known as a really smart guy. And of course he teaches at my alma mater. So university of Pennsylvania. So we like to talk about Jeremy Siegel. Um, but he predicted that the market could be in for solid gains in the coming year. And what I liked about it was that he had specific reasons that he pointed to one of which was the healthy money supply. Um, and then vaccine news. And then this is his words better than expected election results. And what he was alluding to, and again, this is Jeremy Siegel words, not ours, um, is that his perception was that um, that you had some certainty in that he believes that Joe Biden will be the next president. Jeremy Siegel saying that because I know some people push back because the election as of this recording has not been certified. Um, and he believes also that the Republican gains in Congress will create a balance so that we'll have a more moderate government. And that's what he meant by that. But I thought that it was interesting that he gave specific tangible reasons, not just it'll go up because the general tide is always up and there's a lot of momentum. I've, I've seen Jeremy Siegel uh, speak live. Uh, I was at a conference in Milwaukee and he spoke there and it was entertaining and he is uh, a brilliant guy and I believe absolutely nothing about what you guys talked about that day. Well, and it isn't that I don't believe it. I believe the stuff. I just never want to act on that. Right. You know, so, so I, I, I just think went, it's yeah, interesting okay. to have the conversation. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I thought, I thought it was a very, I thought you guys had a great conversation about it. I, I, I just don't want to act on any of that. It doesn't matter who it is, Jeremy Siegel, anybody else. I'm, I, I go, yeah, okay. That's neat. Uh, play the long game people. I mean, that's, 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 that's my feeling. The second I start betting on which way the market's going, the second it starts disappointing me, I think. But effectively you're betting on it going up, Joe. If we're being honest. Sure. But, but, but what am I betting on when it goes up? I'm betting on the same stuff Jeremy Siegel's betting on anyway, which is that the the economy is going to continue. So I'm betting that the economy, but I'm not betting on it next year. I'm betting on it 20 years from now, you know, and I'm not betting on, on whether the market over the, really the short run, the next 12 months is going to be a fantastic place or not. Even if it's not, I'm still betting on the economy. Okay. But Jeremy Siegel's also very smart because he got us talking about it. Well, that's what I said. I've seen him live. He's a brilliant dude. He's a brilliant dude. And, 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 and and the data is all, all there. And I think that's, that's great. And by the way, before we get too far away from Monday, because we, we've got uh, uh, some nice chat going on with us as we make the show live, Adrian, going back to Monday's show, said says that more, more art is getting lost to the public, the wealthier public, who can afford to buy museum's art, meaning the museum, which is available to the average person, uh, sees art go bye-bye, Bobby, while some wealthy person puts it in their house. I want to be clear about this, Adrian. Uh this art, this art, and this is what Scott talked about. If you go back and listen to Monday, that art was already lost. The pieces they're selling, nobody is seeing anyway. And the fact that it can be out there in the public, which also makes the artwork that they do show even more valuable because it's being spread to more households. Sure, it's going into a wealthy household, but this this is not, they're not, museums aren't selling something that the public was seeing anyway. What this also helps do is because the museum's bringing in money, it helps the museum to continue operating, maybe with longer hours, maybe more free days for more people. Like our when I was in Detroit, the 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 DIA, the Detroit Institute of Art, would have free days uh, sometimes where you didn't pay to get in. They can do more of those things because this stuff that's just sitting in storage is bringing in some money. So from that end, I really like what they're doing. On to uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, you and Thursday. or Thursday on, uh, oh, we're on to me then. Yeah. Yes. You and Jason Harris. Yes. Yeah, so J- Mechanism. Man, Jason and I had a couple great conversations. Have you watched the, you have watched the Queen's Gambit, haven't you? Yes. The whole thing. We binged it. Yeah. We committed to that. It was I, great. Uh, our collaborators were so interesting this week and so different, right? The stuff you and Grant talked about versus what Jason and I talked about, different stuff. And Jason wanted to talk about the fact that chessboards are flying off the shelves. And and the fact that, that this hit show is bringing back this ancient game that people really... Frankly, a lot of people don't care that much about, and all of a sudden you're seeing all these people playing chess all over the place and talking about, we talked about momentum and about not just as an investor, but with your career and thinking about the wider universe. And then of course, because Jason's in advertising, Netflix thinking about how do we maybe make more money when we do this, right? Are there ways that we could maybe get in on selling chess boards and make even more cash, which scares the hell out of me. I don't know about you. Well, if it was on Amazon Prime, you know, that would be interesting. (laughs) No, it's true because Amazon, if they don't already, I should know this, but they could easily have like some kind of a, you know, like a, um, a barcode on the TV or something where you just scan your phone. You can get a choice of the top 10 chess boards. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, so. I, that still scares me. I still don't like that. And on, uh, and on Friday, uh, we turned our attention to a piece by Carrie Underwood. And, and we didn't talk that much about Carrie Underwood. We talked a lot, though, about something I think that affects a lot of us is fear, right? And, and uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood talked about how she was on her way to Hollywood to compete, of course, in the big competition she was in, American Idol. Got it. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so she was taking part in American Idol, but she almost didn't get on the plane because she was so overcome by fear. And we talked about how Jason, in his career, working with some of these big brands like Nordstrom and Ben and & Jerry's and, and Walgreens and all these big campaigns he's been on about walking into these rooms with all of these powerful people and kind of feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome like we all do. And uh, we talked about how we push through oh. fear. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you had, um, yeah, you talked about moving past the fear versus the alternative of doing, or he said this actually, sorry, I'm giving you credit for Jason's wisdom. Sorry about that, Joe. Um, he talked about moving past the fear versus the alternative of doing nothing. And he was talking about the fact that if you do nothing, it will get you nowhere. And then you had something, I had no idea. You had some kind of an elephant mantra that I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> well, I don't there's understand that, it. No, there's that phrase. And I don't like the phrase, it, it, uh, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Like, don't look at the I don't whole- understand that Joe. I, I don't like it. Either. You've never heard anybody say that phrase before? No. Oh, that's no. a common phrase, I which is why. Here. Ask Joe, what did he mean? I don't understand it. It's a big thing. Don't look at the whole big thing. Look at just one little thing. Like as an example, when we would fill out the FAFSA form during uh, college years for my kids, you get this form and it just looks like this huge form, right? Or you're filling out your tax form and you're I like, it out. it's bad. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh my God, I do not want to do this. Take it one question, just answer the question you're on. Don't look at the whole thing. And you know what? Every year with the FAFSA, I would fill it out that way. And I would always get through it in very quick time because I wouldn't try to look at the entire elephant. I would just look at that one little thing, but eating an elephant one bite at a time is not something I want to do. I don't want to eat any elephants. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, So that's, that's Friday. That was our week. (laughs) That was our week. Uh, In just a second, Bobby and I are going to have next week's preview, not just what's coming up on the show, but what's happening overall in the economy and in the world of finance. Bobby, big week coming up next week. Big week. Well, Bola is back. It's kind of a special appearance because normally you and I are on on Mondays, but Bola steps in with a really good show. Yeah, we preempted Bola's normal spot uh, with uh, Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving <laughs> preempted Bola's spot. And, it was uh, a jumble. And so Bola will be back for one more on Monday. Then coming up, uh, also, by the way, coming up on, on Monday is... And I have it right here. Economic news, uh, CB employment trends. Some of the things I like about this Monday data stuff coming in, uh, there's a question that they answer here, which is they ask this survey, are jobs hard to get right now? And the percentage of people answering that question, I think is always uh, pretty interesting. A few times a year, you'll hear reporters talk about where that indicator goes. So that's on Monday, plus jobs that are hard to fill, by the way, jobs that nobody seems to want. Uh, the big name, there's only there's very few companies declaring earnings this week. Toll Brothers, the builder, is uh, one of the few big companies that on uh, Monday is declaring earnings. On Tuesday, Liz Seagren joins you, Bobby. 
Yeah, she's wonderful. She's a writer at Fast Company. She's also the author of The Rocket Years, which is on my holiday reading list. I do for Financial Grown Up. I do a uh, books that I love this year that if you haven't read, you should read over the holidays. And so um, The Rocket Years is on the Financial Grown Up uh, holiday reading list. She's wonderful. Yeah, such good stuff. I can't wait to see what you guys collaborate on. Uh, we have the NFIB uh, Small Business Optimism uh, index on Tuesday. So it'll be interesting to see what did small businesses, of course, do during the Black Friday days. Maybe we'll get some ideas there. That's probably going to be later, though. I'll bet that we're going to look at time before that. Uh, big names declaring earnings, AutoZone, H&R Block. And the one I'm looking forward to is the troubled, really troubled retailer, GameStop. You know, with, with these consoles, more and more selling games directly on the console, um, uh, wh- wh- where does GameStop fit in? Like, what? I don't know, but it's interesting because there people are looking to them to get these consoles because they're all out of stock. Like True. the new Xbox is out of stock. And I will tell you one thing that people love about GameStop, GameStop is that they will buy old games. Yes. And I think you can buy used games. So there is a market for that. I'm kind of surprised they weren't rolled into something like someone didn't buy them yeah. just because of that brand value. Because I will tell you, they've got some big fans in my household. But you look at GameStop now um, uh, and yeah, there's old games, uh, cartridges. There's probably some in the closet right over here, but largely now games are digital. And so, yeah. uh, you know, a year from now, three years from now, how's that going to yeah. continue? Are we going to still see these, the games the way that we did? I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, on Wednesday, Liz, yeah. is, Liz is back again with you. Uh, big names, Adobe, Vera Bradley, Campbell's Soup on Wednesday. We've had a Campbell's Soup week here. It's been kind of cold. Um, so I'm a little bit all about that Thursday consumer price index, uh, happens. That's a, always a big day. Uh, that's a big day for, of course, inflation numbers. Farnoosh Tarabi is back on the show and that's always interesting as well. Uh, big names declaring earnings, Luluman Athletica, uh, Broadcom and Oracle, a couple of tech heavy hitters and try not to think about going on vacation. When I say this one, Bobby Vale Resorts. Vale Resorts. Vale's bought, up, Vale's bought up a lot of other resorts. So it's not just the Mountain Vale. They own a ton of other mountains. Um, and, you know, it's hard. They're in the travel and leisure business. And pe- a lot of people want to go skiing this winter, but I think the capacity is going to be very low. Yeah. That they will get as many people as they can handle in terms of, you know, but they just won't be able to sell that many tickets. I, I don't know how it'll work. I'm not sure because the, the chairlifts have to be spaced out. But then again, you know, like a golf, you know, skiing can be very outdoors. You can be very far away from a lot of people. So in a way, it is a COVID friendly sport. So I, I think that's kind of up in the air, depending on how they can manage it. Yeah, I just hear that name, Bobby, and I just want to go. I just, I, don't, I know, I, I, I know. We spend many happy times at Beaver Creek, which is part of Vale. So that's fantastic. I love Beaver Creek. Uh, Friday, we turn to the producer side of stuff. Of course, we're going to see more inflation here, but on the producer, producer side, it's called the producer price index. Very quiet day, only four companies declaring earnings. So all in all, Bobby, a quiet week, uh, a few big numbers and a few big retailers, but mostly it's going to be the Liz Segrin and uh, Farnish Tarabi show with you and me. Yes, absolutely. So for our listener segment today, though, Joe, we actually flipped And instead of them asking us a question, we asked them a question. So we asked our listeners what their holiday shopping philosophies were. And we got some great answers that we're excited to share. I think I sent you them. You may have them 
I up do. right now, hopefully. I have them right here. Good. So you go, because I, I have to pull them up on my phone now. Well, well, uh, uh, one that, that I like here is uh, from Jackie K4 says, I use big sales to stock up for the year, e.g. annual supply of face cream, makeup, etc. cetera. Uh, I got to tell you, my mom does the same thing. Uh, she, she finds a great sale. And by the way, that's not just this year. She finds a great sale. She stocks up on that stuff for the year. She keeps a great budget, not just a budget money budget, but a budget of how much stuff she's going to use. So she doesn't have pallets of crap sitting around, but she buys enough that she can get through the next several months, locks in the sale and, um, and saves a lot of money that way. Yeah, I um, I will tell you one thing I like at this time of year with if you shop at department stores, even virtually, you can do it online the same. Um, you can if you buy things in the cosmetics area, maybe even as gifts for other people, they give you a lot of freebies and they also have really fun gift sets that you can sort of divide up however you want to gift them. And I love, I'm a sucker for all the gift with purchase stuff. So I love this time of year because this is like gift with purchase, like you know, the height of it, yes. the holidays. And they also have, you know, a lot of sort of sampler sets where you can get special holiday editions of things and they give you lots of different things to try. Are you doing and any- if you get somebody, if you get somebody on the phone, by the way, they can actually send you more. You can talk them into even giving you more freebies. Or if you go in person, really, you can just chat them up. Oh yeah. You can chat them just up. Just say, Hey, can I have another one of those? Yeah. You, you just say, do you have more samples? I really love your products. I would love to try more things. Do you have, you know, maybe extra foundation? Can you, they'll even like, sometimes they'll pour you a little bit of a makeup, like into a special container for you to try. Um, yeah, absolutely. What Whoa. else do you have? I love your stuff. Kill them with kindness, Joe. You'll get free stuff. Do you, do, do, it do, works. Do you do any, uh, regifting? I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd have to really think about it, but I don't, I don't. I got a I really so. nice thing. No. I would return a gift and then buy something uh, new with that cash because that doesn't count. Here's the ahead. thing. And, and, and I'm curious about the people hanging out with us live, what they think of this. So I, I got a really cool thing. I won't say what it is because it'll give away who I'm going to give it to. Uh, but I got this really cool thing, Bobby. I can't use it, but I know that a family member would love it, would absolutely love it. So without taking any of the packaging off, the packaging still there, just taking this thing. I'm going to give it to a family member. It's like a kick-ass gift for them. It's probably what would have been something I would have given them anyway. Um, but I opened it and I went, yeah, I just can't use this. So in that case, would you re-gift? I'd return it and rebuy it. <laughs> would you? It is new. It still has because, the cellophane on it. No. But you said just that you opened it. No, that's not well, true. You said you I, opened no, it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, let me redefine that. I opened up the the box around it, and the thing is still in a box. So it came in a shipping box. The person that gave it to me was not in town. So I opened up yeah, the shipping so. box, yeah. and there was the thing still in cellophane, still completely. I mean, it is brand spanking new, never been ripped open. Um, Do you give them the gift receipt with it in case they want to exchange it, though? Uh, that's a, that's a special, um, uh, yes, let's say, let's say yes, but, but, but that's, that's a longer story that, that you and I could talk about another time. Okay. Let's do another one. It'll give away. Here we have another. Okay. Let's do another listener comment on, on the gifting. Um, so what is do less find, uh, I think fund 529s for grandkids and, you know, things like that for your, for your kids. Uh, You know, I really like that. These, uh, 
these uh, turning the holidays into a time to uh, help kids build and learn a little bit about about uh, money and how it works. And I know there's there's quite a few different programs now that do that that are that are really exciting. In these answers, there's also people going the exact opposite way. One says, if I have a good idea for a gift for someone and I can afford it, I buy it. I don't think about that at all. And our friend, yeah. Paula, our friend Paula Pant, that's her feeling. She's like, you know what? When I give somebody stuff, I, I want to save my brain power for bigger stuff than shopping. I just go shop. I buy it. I don't worry about the sale. I don't buy very much stuff. So the way I save money is I just only buy a few things. I don't buy a lot of things. Right. And I don't, well, we can waste a lot of energy waiting for that sale. And I definitely do that. Like I will put something, I'll make sure that I'm logged in and then I'll put something in my cart and then I wait 24 hours. Cause then you often get a coupon and that does really work still, even if it's another 10% off and then I'll join the mailing list and I'll get my 15% off and then I get off the mailing list. And it is kind of exhausting. I mean, there is a point to that. And this yeah. might be for an item that's not that expensive to begin with, but I do, um, I don't know. I just don't want to be the sucker that paid more than I should have when someone else paid less. And I hate nothing more than buying something and then finding out that it went on deep sale. Although you can often go back, by the way, and have a price adjustment. That's an important thing that people should do. And I'm that person that does that. I've seen so. a lot of people ask about that lately, like as Amazon had their big sales asking, hey, can I uh, can I get a price adjustment? And at Amazon specifically, it depends on if it was Amazon product or if it was them reselling somebody else's product. In the case that I saw online, the specific product, they actually had to return the product. Ridiculous. They had to return yeah. the product and buy it again um, to get a huge discount. It was like a 30% discount. Um, there's, there's, there's one more here, Karen, uh, uh, SD Karen F on Instagram. Uh, I think doesn't like the, I get the feeling Karen doesn't, doesn't like the, the crowds and says that, uh, shop early November, ignore black Friday, and then enjoy the holiday season. I think I'm with Karen. Yeah. Just take it off the table. So you're done with it. Absolutely. I, I like that one. What's your, what's your shopping philosophy for the holidays, Joe? You know, I make a list, um, uh, a very specific list. I try to buy stuff that is quirky. That is something that that person and I, uh, have in common, something that they like that I also appreciate. Uh, so it clearly came from me, but it's not about me. It's about them and our connection. I try to make that. So I found myself on Etsy a lot, actually, because I try to find these homemade things that you're not going to find at a department store that, that, that matches you. The other thing that I like, and I actually learned this from our friend OG on Stacking Benjamins, he likes giving the subscriptions like you just gave to your husband, you know, the subscription for something they really like that lasts all year long. Like uh, OG gave me a coffee subscription last year and I love it. Once a month, I get this coffee in the mail that's different than the month before. And man, it was a fun year. And uh, instead of getting a gift once it, you know, every month I think about what a cool dude that guy is for, for giving me, for giving me that, that, that super gift. So that's mine. How about yours? Well, you kind of just revealed mine because I do love to give subscriptions and I did give my husband this, it's a cocktail, I think it's called Cocktail Courier and every month he gets a box with um, all the ingredients for a fun cocktail along with the recipe. That's fantastic. And you know, there's obviously the accompanying website and all that. And so he can be his own mixologist. So I thought that was fun. I mean, I think especially in this time when we really need things to look forward to, knowing that you're getting sort of a gift every month, no matter how big or small it is, I think is really, really good. And the other thing is that 
you know, we're, we're kind of in this split world where the people that haven't had an interruption in their income are probably doing a lot better than they would have been doing otherwise because they're spending so much less. And there's all this data showing our savings rates are going up. And if you're invested in the market, you've probably done very well, especially if you were in certain stocks. But then we have people that are really, really suffering, really suffering, and that are not getting help at this point from our government. And I think that another thing you can do if you're at a loss for someone to give a gift or even just this is also just a good idea in general is to donate to an organization um, in someone's name, donate to a charity that's meaningful to that person in their name. Um, if you are in a good economic position, and I think that's really good. And, you know, that can even be something like if you buy gift cards to a restaurant to help support that restaurant um, that is trying to operate in a safe way. And maybe you give your friend a, a gift certificate to a restaurant because then you're giving the friend a break if they feel comfortable dining outside or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you're really supporting the economy. So a gift card, especially to a small business, by the way, we did get a question um, about, you know, marketing for small businesses. I mean, I think gift cards to a small business is actually a great thing, um, whether it's a restaurant or whatever because you are giving money to that business in addition to giving the gift to the friend. So yeah. that's a unique thing. This always really, but especially this year, I think is a, a really good thing to think about unless, you know, if there isn't a specific thing that person really wants. Yeah, I, if you're I, at a loss. I love that idea. I, I love it. Think local, think local, think local and definitely think about the kinds of businesses that need you to buy a gift card from them. Hey, just before Bobby and I uh, sign off, just one quick thing. Thanks to people that have left us a uh, uh, thoughtful reviews of the show lately. Are you really going to do this, Joe? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Okay, go, 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 go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 two that I want to highlight. One is a smartphone podcast in about 20 minutes. Uh, another one grows on you, which I, which, which I also like. Um, because I think that the fact that we're six days a week, but Bobby and the shows, our contributors <laughs> are so different than each other. I love that idea. Oh, yeah. Give us some time and we grow on you. Um, we got a really thoughtful one the other day though, by, uh, Sotel OJ three, uh, gave us four stars and said the host and their guests provide various financial tips and advice. Some of which you may not know unless you're in the position they've been in. So Bobby, with your, okay. uh, your position reporting on the news, mine sitting with, you know, a lot of different families talking about behind the scenes, their financial planning, and also just looking at things from the financial planner side. I love that, recognizing that we do have, and our contributors, frankly, have these points of view that you you wouldn't get unless you were w with them. And then they had some cons for us, which I thought were also very thoughtful. Shouldly politics and uh, feelings aside, recent shows, uh, they already state the election's over, not to worry when the Electoral College still needs to vote. Not all states impose laws that prohibit the Electoral College from voting against the popular vote. So the volatility of the market is still there. Pfizer did announce how well their vaccine works, but failed to mention the profit the owner made from selling shares the same day as the news long-term. Yes, everything will even out, but they did not cover their two main points for not worrying though. And I thought, I thought that was very thoughtful. And, um, and I wanted to say thank you. And I want to address actually both of those. The, the second piece of that, I feel like was a, a great point because of the fact, um, that I, we actually covered the Pfizer CEO. So for people that don't know what happened, the Pfizer CEO sold a bunch of stock right after they declared that they had this vaccine and made a ton of money, right? And it looked like the way that some reporters were reporting it, like there was some big impropriety happening. 
the the bad news is, and this is this is a shame on Joe point. We actually covered this on Stacking Benjamins, and because of that, I made a dis I made a decision not to bring it up here with my contributor on that day who wanted to talk about something else. That news, by the way, wasn't out when Bobby uh, when you guys broke the news. You and Liz did that story. We didn't have the CEO story for a couple days later, so that was on me, and I decided not to. Now, what's funny is this is a different show and it was big enough that we totally should have covered that because I'll tell you in three seconds here is this was great financial planning by the, by the CEO. And it's not, Hey, you know, the rich dude gets richer. It was actually back in the summer. They set a price saying the financial planner helped them set a price saying, if it ever gets to here, I want to sell to diversify. They own a lot of stock. And by the way, you can look at insider trading and you will see this stuff. And people hear the term insider trading. They think something bad happened that has happened before, but insiders also have to report when they're trading. And you you can always see a good financial planner in the background or a good financial planning team when you see these sales of the same amount of stock or these whatever. But there was no impropriety. It was actually a great thing that they did setting this up ahead of time. The CEO's really busy doing a lot of different stuff. The fact, though, that I didn't report on that, I love that. And it pushes us to continue to make better shows. So I love that. The second piece about the election, we've been doing pieces, Bobby and I and our contributors for a long time saying that, and we have reported this, we've done this over and over and over, no matter who won the election, you, we did, we did stories showing that people overdo changes in their portfolio based on short-term changes in Washington. When every study shows that what you think that you should have done is not what you should have done in the long term. So the fact that we downplayed that piece, I think, I think actually was us doing you a service. And yes, the electoral college could change the election. You know what that's going to do to your long-term financial picture? Nothing historically, nothing. So even though we've said that the election is over and technically they're right, Bobby, that the electoral college hasn't acted. Mm -hmm. Don't act on it, guys. Don't act on it. And that's also why you have us here six days a week is to remind you of the fact that some of this stuff that you go and, and share, bless you, Cheryl, Cheryl and <laughs> Cheryl and I will literally go, my spouse, Cheryl and I will go turn on the news. And, and before we even turn on, we'll go, Hey, you want to get mad for 20 minutes? And we go, yeah. Cause no matter what side you're on, you're mad. But remember Stephen Covey has these three pots in his book, habits of highly effective people. There are things you can control. There are things you can influence and there are things you can neither control nor influence. At this point, you've already voted. You've already done your service. There is nothing you can control or influence. You can just get angry about this pot three stuff. Long-term, statistically, historically, none of this matters. And I know those of you that are really into politics and you like getting mad about pot three stuff are going to disagree with me on this, but that's why we're here. We're here to disagree with you. We're not here to agree with you all the time. So I thought that was a great review, though. And I want to thank that person for putting that out there because uh, very, very thoughtful stuff, Bobby. And, and I love the way this show is coming together. I love, by the way, we're also the YouTube videos. If you go to our YouTube channel now, mm -hmm. we're starting to put up finished products. You can not only watch us make these live three days a week, you can also see them fully packaged uh, and finished um, a couple days later. So we've got a new friend, Ethan, on board helping us with that. And he's doing a heck of a job. So things continue to morph here, Bobby. They do. 
How do people help us make this show? Well, first of all, definitely subscribe to that YouTube channel that we are building out. You just go to YouTube and search for Money with Friends and you will fest. But also please stay close to our Instagram because that's where we post questions, stickers and polls. And you can also be part of the show if you can't join us live. And that's at Money Friends Pod. That's the same handle on Twitter at Money Friends Pod. And of course, you can learn more about the show on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Awesome. And we will see, well, we're not going to see you until Tuesday. It'll be Bola Sucumbi and I from Clever Girl Finance back here on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I am Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam. Nailed it. Done.